Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Superview Show. Mixed bag coming to you live once again from JK. We the best podcast. We the best podcast. And I am joined, as always, by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? Hopefully you all are enjoying the holiday season and having a wonderful time this Christmas time. And wherever you celebrate, we're, we're supporting you. And Merry uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa. There, we covered everything. Oh, my God. Very good point. Very good point. So um, before we go any further, I just want to let everyone know, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Superview Show. We do plenty of postings. We do plenty of uh, posting stories, tweets, comments, you name it. We do it. Follow us on there on all of our social media platforms. And Bill, what is our topic for tonight? Okay, folks. Today is a bit of a heavy one. It's not super depressing. We're going to... We today we all know there are moments in TV shows, movies that that get us emotional, and those emotions can make it. They could be sad emotion. They could be happy emotions. So today we're talking about moments that made us cry. Yep, and it could be happy cry. It could be sad cry. Because we don't want to do straight up just sad moments because we don't want to make this show too depressing. Of course. We don't want it to be depressing to anyone, to any of our viewers or listeners, whatever. So, but, you know, we are, we might be talking about some sad moments, but we're going to try to keep it, we're going to try to keep some levity here. We're going to try to keep it light. We're going to try to keep it fun. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about moments that made us cry. Either be happy moments, sad moments. Yeah, whatever emotional moments, whatever the whatever the film or TV show brought to us, we're talking about it tonight. We are talking about it tonight. Okay, so, so you, and it's going to work like this. Bill's going to go completely down his list first, then I'm going to go down my list afterwards. So, and you Bill, know what? This show is not complete without you guys. Tell us in the chat what moments made you cry. Yeah, if there's any moments that, tell us if there's anything that brought tears to your eyes, whether it be. In the Godfather, whether it be in Arrow, whether it be in Agents of Shield, whatever TV show or movies that you can think of, jump down in the chat board and let us know during our stream tonight. Thank you. Yeah, and please just let us, you know, just and like I and here's the thing: no judgment here. We all this is a safe space. It's okay. You don't need to. You don't need to be embarrassed that you cried during something. Yep. We're all we're all friends here. Oh yeah, we are all we friends are all here. Friends, and we're all, and we don't judge here. Okay, so I'm. So that being said, let's get Bill's down to business. Pick. Okay, and I'm gonna start with a TV show, and this is probably my favorite TV show, The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor. Because there were some moments that really made me tear up. And for those of you who haven't seen the show, here's a rundown. The show is about Dr. Sean Murphy, played by Freddie Highmore, who is on the autism spectrum and is a doctor. And there are two moments that really make me tear up. And I'm going to talk about both of them. The first one was in... I want to say season three. Little backstory here. 
Sean didn't really have the best childhood. Mm. Aside being diagnosed from being diagnosed with autism, not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying he was bullied and he didn't really have a good home life. His his um brother when he was I want to say 13 or 14 they basically ran away from home because his father was basically an abusive alcoholic and his brother died and years later Sean comes home one day to his apartment and it finds out that his mentor slash father figure Dr. Glassman played by Richard Schiff tells Sean Sean I just spoke to your mother your father has pancreatic cancer and doesn't have much time to live maybe you should go mend bridges and that episode is so tough to watch because one you see sean wanting to forgive his not wanting to forgive his father and you know what at the end of the day you do you blame him not that i'm making light of the situation but do you blame him your no. father was a complete asshole to his son who has special needs. And they actually show a flashback when Sean's father was basically beating him. And like, do you blame him for not wanting to forgive him? No, I don't blame him. Do you, JT? No. no. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Sean, I don't blame you, buddy. I don't. But yeah, anyway... Because Sean's female, best female friend, Leah, is also with him. But, you know, the first time they're at Sean's father's house and Sean's father is saying, I'm sorry for everything. And he goes, no, you're a bad person. I'm not going to be sad when you die. And, and then after talking to his mother, and like, let me tell you, the mother could really just go take a long walk or a short year, seriously. Because she, he says, why did you leave me? But why did you? She goes, why didn't you? Why did you stay with him? Because oh, I loved him. Lady, if your husband is being an asshole to your kids and abusing your special needs kid, it's time to leave. It's time to pack your shit and leave. Hmm. Anyway, let me get to the point here. But anyway, he goes back to the house. He says he forgives him. His father basically yells at him because the medicine is making him weird. They go back to the hotel room. Dr. Glassman comes in and tells Sean that his father had passed away. He said, do you want to stay for the funeral? Do you just want to go home? I just want to go home. And, and a few minutes later, like Sean is sitting in the room and he's basically doing something with autistic people called stimming. Like he's, which is something people do to calm down, but he's, he's under so much stress. He's like hitting himself in the head. Mm, and he's yeah. just in tears and Leah comes in goes, Sean, Sean, and just holds him and he's just sobbing it's just such it, it really makes your heart break for poor Sean it just but you know what and I will say this you know when they have like a father die in a show they kind of romanticize it and they play that song Cats in the Cradle yeah this is how you do it right, folks. No cats in the cradle, no romanticizing the death. You just see Sean in pain and Leah there to comfort him. 
That's all, that's how you do it. And you just, yeah. So that's like my, that's, that's the, my first thing from the good doctor. The, the, the next one, um, okay. This is a very, very heavy one from, from the good, still from the same show. This is another episode and this is a very heavy one. And I just want to say, um, if we have anyone out here who um, dealt with pregnancy loss, you might want to skip this. I don't want to trigger anyone, but Sean and Leah, who I told you was his best friend, they're now together. Yay. A couple episodes, Leah finds out that she's pregnant. And mm-hmm. in one episode, she starts having complications. And Sean wants to do the surgery, but they can't because they thought that think that would be a conflict of interest because Leah is Sean's girlfriend. Yeah. And and like one hint of the episode, because I told you about um how Sean's brother died when they were kids. And like you could see what he's going through because he's thinking, I want to see I couldn't save my brother, but now I want to save my child. It turns out that um there was a blood clot and they thought they could get rid of it. And then there was a part when Claire, that lovely woman right there, comes in. Sean's holding a file. Says, Sean, we found another clot. And she didn't make it. I'm sorry. And and Sean's trying to walk in to tell Leah, trying to put on a straight face. And then you just see tears in his eyes, trying to fight it back. And it is really, really painful to watch. And it's really painful. And it's just... That show just... No, I remember watching that episode when it came out. I was literally talking to my therapist about it the next day. No joke. It was just such a heavy episode, and I was literally crying after it. Because the poor baby. And yeah, so yeah, those two episodes of The Good Doctor just really made me tear up. And yeah. Okay. The next one, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tie in. We are going to tie in a TV show and a movie that was based on that TV show. We're going way back to my childhood here, folks. Rugrats. Really? I know, Now I know what you're all thinking. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Wait a minute. How can a show about talking babies make you cry? Well, okay. Folks, hear me out for a couple seconds. If I could just have a few moments of your time, and I can, and I will explain. But first, Hero Time is here. Hey, buddy, we haven't seen you here in a while, haven't we? Welcome back. 
Glad Welcome to hear from back, you. buddy. Good to, good to see you. Hope to, hope you're well. Hope you're having a good holiday season. So yeah. Um, okay. So there's this one Rugrats episode. It's called Mother's Day, and there is an app. There's you see the redhead kid right there, Chucky. Yeah. He's the only one who has a single parent. He's being raised by his father, Chaz, Charles, a.k.a. Chaz. And we never see his mom. And this is the episode we find out what happened to Chuck, what happened to Chucky's mom. And. And so it starts out, it's Mother's Day. They go over to Tommy's, the ball kid's house and. Chaz asks Tommy's mom, hey, um, can you please keep this box hidden? Um, um, it's stuff from Chucky's mom. He's at that age when he's getting into everything. I don't want to see it yet. And goes, listen, Chaz, I know it's been hard since Melinda goes, no, no, no. And you're like thinking, okay, well, now you're getting the answer. What the hell is going, what the hell happened to Chucky's mom? So the babies are asking, why don't you have a mom? I don't know. It's just always been like that. And after going through some mom replacements, they go into the closet and they find a picture of a woman who has said, Chucky has said, I've seen her in my dreams before. And everyone comes and he wants to give the picture to his mom, uh, to his dad. And it turns out that picture is his mom. Mm. And they and it's basically revealed that Chucky's mom passed away. And wow. and like and then Chaz sees the picture and he's like, Thanks, Chucky. And then Dee Dee, Tommy's mom goes, Chess, I think it's time you tell you, you tell him about his mom. And he goes, I'm just afraid I'm gonna miss her. He's gonna miss her. And you can miss her together. And then this, I cannot get through this last scene of this episode without crying. I am 27 years old and I still can't get through this without crying. He's that, sitting that proves in, it's good. He's sitting in the garden. He goes, this is, this is a trowel. Chucky, your mom loved the garden. And then she pulls out a book. He pulls out a book. He goes, this is a diary. Your mom used to write things. because this is the last thing she wrote. And this was when she was in the hospital. And, and it was a poem for you. And it said, my dear Chucky, I must leave you now, but I'm always going to be with you. Not verbatim. And she's reading that poem. When he's reading that poem, I have freaking tears in my eyes. I am a grown ass man. And I still cry when I watch that. And I'm like, and it's just, and then when he, she finally, and then when he, and, and then, and then he goes, you see, I do have a mom. She's in the trees. She's in the flowers. She's all over the place. Like they try to keep it nice and light for kids, but, and then they just, and then they end the episode, you know, quick interesting fact, um, the creators of the show, Paul Germain, you know, they originally wanted to, they wanted to say that 
65 episodes in, they wanted to say, hey, maybe we could say that Chaz and Melinda got divorced. And Paul mm-hmm. Germain, who was one of the creators, was like, no, that's too heavy for a kid's show. And this was around a time when animated shows were still trying to tread lightly about serious topics. Yeah. And and they said, okay, well, why don't we do the alternative? We just say she she passed away. He goes, no, nope, no, nope, we're not going to do that either. And then when Paul Germain left, the creator said, okay, you know what? We're going to say she died. Mm-hmm. And like in the show, though, they never mention the words died or dead or passed away. They never say those words. Mm, okay. But you can tell what they mean, what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. You can tell what they mean. Saying that she's not here. And, and, and now, you know, like, this is the same thing, but this is now in one of the Rugrats movies, Rugrats in Paris. Paris. Mm-hmm. There is a scene, and and at first it's kind of a happy cry scene, but then it's a really sad scene. Um, they're at the wedding of Lou, who is Tommy's Dill and Angelica's grandfather, who just got remarried, and and you know there's a scene when Tommy and Angelica's fathers are saying, "Hey, Dad, we're really happy." you and saying yeah lulu's yeah okay you know what i gotta say first lazy on the names folks lou and lulu how that's kind of lazy i'm sorry am i right no you're right it's a little little very lazy (laughs) couldn't name her something else bertha bertha's not bad bertha bertha's a great name but anyway say lulu's a great girl though and and then he goes well, she's a keeper, but she'll never replace your mom. It was her, it was her, it, it was her love that made this old geezer love again. And then we, um, and then we, and then there's this, when the DJ played by Casey Kasem mm. is like, is like saying, all right, folks, now time for a special dance for all the kids and their moms. And Chucky is basically, when the kids are all dancing with their moms, Chucky's basically standing in the corner alone because he doesn't have a mom. And and um, Chaz, Chucky's dad, is sitting at the table alone. And it's really... And because also in the beginning of the movie, they do like a Godfather parody. Sorry if I'm all over the place, folks, but you're good, bud. You're good. Angelica, they call her the Bob Father, and the same. And the Chucky goes, "Come on, get one wish. What is it?" And then he walks out, and he sees Angelica going, "Angelica, I, I, I have one wish." And he goes, "I want a new mommy." He goes, "Sorry, wow. Vincent, that game's over. I'm wanted on the dance floor." And then she's running to her mom and hugging her, and he goes, "But that's my wish." Mm. And it's really now like. And then there's like another scene when they're on the plane heading to Paris and Chucky's like looking through the clouds and a song, I want to say it's sung by Sidney Lauper. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, folks. But it's all good. It like the lines is, I want a mom that'll last forever. I want a mom that'll make things better. Mm-hmm. 
I want someone who'll tuck me in at night. And he, he's sitting there just looking at the clouds and they're all mom shaped. And like, cause I think why that scene, like, no, I think in the show they handled it well, but like in this show, they re in the movie, they really dig it in that Chucky's mom is gone. They really dig it in. Like in the show, they just say, you know, they, you know, that whole poem, oh, I'm with you in the flowers in the trees. Like, oh, that's nice. He's always with her. But no, they, they basically say up here, Chucky's mom is dead. Like, and like, for a kid's show, that's pretty like, like they, intense. again, they never say the word like, like she died or she passed away. Right. But it's the, the spirit of everything, if that makes sense. Like, there yeah, is totally. one part when she when he says to when Chaz says to Chucky, she's up there, she's watching over us. Yeah. People, you're not you're not stupid, folks. You you know what he means when he says she's up there watching over you. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what he means. She has passed on. She is no more. She has ceased to be. She has expired and gone to meet her maker. She's a step. Breath of life, she rested peace. She's kicked the bucket. She's gone off the she's gone off the twig. She shuffled off the mortal coil. If she wasn't animated, she'd be pushing up the daisy. She's run down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. This is an ex brother. Thank you, Bill. That little Monty Python joke for you folks. Um, oh yes. Oh yes, of course. But um but yeah, they, they really go balls to the walls and basically say she's gone. And yeah. but to be fair, the movie does end on a happy note. Chaz meets this woman named Kira who has a daughter named Kimmy. There's trials throughout the movie. And then at the end, they do get married. And Chucky has a new mom and a new sister. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of nice because now I have two moms. And I think like with Chucky's mom, I think why is they were able to handle it maturely. Mm -hmm. They were able to handle her death maturely. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's on Rugrats. And now we get to the movies, the other things that made me tear up. Um, okay, should we start with a happy cry or a sad cry? Good to you. Okay. You know what, since we went on a, we're going to do a few happy cries, because then I do have a few other sad cries, but we're going to start with a happy cry. And this was a movie that I have talked about, so I'll keep it very brief. Rudy. Uh -huh. Yeah, we thought, and for those of you who want to know more about Rudy, we did a whole Thanksgiving uh, special talking heavily about Rudy. So if you want to check out that too, but Bill's going to go briefly on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go very briefly. Um, but I agree with you on this one, yeah. Um, a sh the, the two scenes that... The two scenes that um really make me tear up is one, the Jersey scene. Yeah. When they're all walking in like, for Rudy, for Rudy, for Rudy. And they're like giving up their spots so Rudy can play. Again, if you watched when we talked about it, I said that that didn't happen. 
Correct. But we're not going to ruin the mood. And no. there was, of course, the scene when the stadium is chanting, Rudy, 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 Rudy. And I think that scene just makes me... Because you saw all the trials and tribulations he went through. Mm-hmm. And everyone telling him, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. And then when he finally does it, you're crying tears of joy. Absolutely. Because you finally saw him. Because you finally saw him do his, you know, achieve his dream. Yeah. And that's why it makes, again, not going to get too, too much into this because I did, I did basically a whole verbal doctoral thesis on this a couple weeks ago. He went off so, for probably a solid 20 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, that scene when he's getting carried off the field does make me tear up. Yeah. It's a good one, though. Yeah. So, okay. My next one, it's another sports movie. Field of Dreams. Ah, uh, I wasn't sure for a sec. I was not sure. This is a good pick. For anyone who hasn't seen the movie, quick synopsis. Ray, played by Kevin Costner, builds a baseball field out in Iowa because some voice in his head tells him, you build it, they will come. And all the spirit of these deceased baseball players play. They all come. And the la- and and in the last scene, there is this ball player who looks familiar. It turns out it's Ray's deceased father, John. And you know, he's there with his wife and kids. And he goes, and he goes, Hey, I'm John. Yeah, I know. He goes, and he and he introduces her to introduces him to his family. He goes, Yeah. Goes, so so honey, this is John doesn't say dad because, you know, he probably doesn't know the future. But (laughs) but thanks for coming and thanks for letting us play here. And remember, you build it, they come. And then the scene, yeah, all you big tough men. (laughs) I dare you to watch this scene without crying. Yeah. And that is the scene when he's, when John is turning around and then Ray goes, hey, Dad, want to play catch? Well, sure. And they're just playing. It's just such a nice father-son bonding moment. It's just such a, a nice father-son bonding moment. And you get a little teary-eyed. It's definitely a good one. It, it is really emotional. And I just want to say this. No, it's not heaven. It's Iowa. <laughs> No, because I don't know if you saw, they actually played a Field of Dreams game this summer. I I, I saw it, yeah. And Kevin Costner comes out and he goes, I just have to ask you guys one question. Is this heaven? And I go, no, it's Iowa. That's funny. And so anyway, that is just a real emotional scene. And, And it ends with them just you know, playing catch at the end. It's a really simple ending, but it's a really nice ending. Um, 
Okay. Um, another one. Um, is it okay. sports? This next one? Yeah. No, this is our other passion. Marvel. Which one? The ending of Avengers Endgame. The, uh, I, okay. So we almost swiped right. Oh, it was on your list too? No, no, no but not Endgame though. I'll get, to, I'll get why in a second. I mean, Endgame was something, but this I'm talking about like the, I'm, when I get to my examples, I'll bring it up. But okay, so don't get okay. wrong, don't, don't get wrong. The ending is spoilers for the t- two people who haven't seen this. Like this one, what I'm gonna try, I'm gonna shut up in a second, but hear me out. This one, it, it did not, the believe it, it, did, it, did it actually make you cry? It made me tear up a little bit. I was sad, I wasn't like tearing up, but I was definitely like emotional afterwards. Yeah, go ahead, well, Mo. especially the part when. Okay, the two scenes is first the, you know, when Mr. Stark, we won. Mr. Stark? Mr. Stark? And Tony Stark has kicked the bucket. And, but that wasn't, that was a sad cry, but he was the one that, that was more the happy cry. And you all know the scene I'm talking about for the five of you who didn't see it, turn away. Um, (laughs) The scene when there, when, when the Avengers, when, okay. So Captain America is about to go back in time to return all the stones. Oh, yeah. And he says, I'll see you soon. And then he doesn't come back for a bit. And Hulk is freaking out. And he's like, where, where is he? Um, I don't know. I must have messed up. And then, and then Hulk. Um. God, what's his name? What's his name? Falcon. Falcon. Sorry, I had Sorry. a moment. I had a moment. You're good, bud. Falcon and Bucky all look over and they see an old man sitting on the bench. It turns out it's Steve Rogers, and they're like. Steve, what happened? He goes, you know, I, I took a little detour. I decided to take Tony's advice and just go live my life. Wow. Was, and yeah. I decided to go live my life. And and then um and then he gives the shield to Falcon. He's like, I can't imagine what without Captain America say, you'll do good. And then, okay, for those non-Marvel buffs out there, Steve Rogers had a thing for this for Agent Peggy Carter, who died in Civil War, because in at the end of Cap in Cap America First Avenger, he said, she said to him, Hey, I'll save you a dance. And so then back to Endgame, they're like, Cap, did you see her? And then he's like, I'm not going to say anything because I'm a gentleman, but I'll say this. It was beautiful. And and then you see a flash to, to Captain America and to Steve Rogers and Peggy dancing together. And I just, great. I got tears in my eyes watching that because I got tears in my eyes watching that because you know what? It was sort of like the whole Rudy thing. Steve Rogers finally got his happy ending. 
Yeah, very true. He finally got his happy ending. And you're ha- and you know what? You're sad that you won't see Captain America anymore. But you're happy that, you know what? He lived a good life. He finally got reunited with the person he loved. And it makes you, it makes you tear up a little bit. And and I remember when I when I first saw it, every at that ending, everyone was standing up and applauding. <laughs> everyone stood up and applauded. And it was absolutely beautiful. It's an absolutely perfect ending. And you see why it made me teary-eyed. Okay, and another one. Okay, I didn't. I should have talked about this when we talked about TV stuff, but this is a TV special, not a show or a movie. Sure. What is it? The Little Drummer Boy. Wait, really? The Little Drummer Boy? Let me explain. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm just like, oh, really? I think. Didn't you talk about this? We did our Christmas special. I did, but okay. Here's the brief version. Yeah, go ahead. You're fine. Little drama boy, Aaron is a boy who hates all humans because humans killed his parents. Humans killed his parents. So he, and they actually show, and this is, this was in the 60s, by the way. They show his father getting killed, like getting stabbed. I didn't see this one. So really? Yeah, they, well, they show them throwing the knife and they just show the father making a face like. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And they see them burning down their house. Oh, you know, funny. for kids. Yeah, for kids. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but anyway, so he hates all humans, gets kidnapped by the circus troupe with his animals. And he's absolutely annoyed. And at the end, when he decides to run off and one of the wise men take the camel he goes to Bethlehem and he sees the and when he's trying to get reunited with the camel his his lamb gets run over by a cart and and then he's like and he's like oh no what do I do and they're like king the kings are wise they could save him and goes up to one of the three kings and says please your majesty you must help me going shh Oh, the player boy going, my lamb has been injured. you got to help him. Going, he's near death. There's nothing I can do. Goes, but you're a king. Goes, a mortal king only. But there's only a, there's, there is a king amongst kings who can help you. And he's pointing to the stables talking about baby Jesus. Mm. He goes, the babe, I don't understand. He goes, it's not necessary for you to understand. Go. And he goes, he goes, but but I have no gift to bring us. Go. Raise upon the newborn king. And then and then you hear it. You hear the song. A beautiful rendition by the Vienna Boys Choir. And and then when he's and then he's playing the uh, he's playing. And like the, and the, and, you know, of course there's that line in the song that says, I have no gift to bring, fit to bring a king, bum, 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 bum. And then the last line of that song, which, and then he smiled at me, 
me and my drama. And then there's a pause and the narrator goes, when Aaron looked at the babe, he thought it was the most beautiful sight. And then, and then the lamb is fine. And then the, and then the last line from the narrator is, Aaron has decided, Aaron has decided the hatred he held in his heart was wrong, as in all hatred should be wrong. And quotes from the Gospel of Matthew saying, blessed be the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then, wow, it's so, because this is a boy who had so much hate in his heart. But then when he sees not all humans are bad. And listen, I don't want to get too social, political here, but I think maybe it was commentary for, because this was made in 1968. Wow. And if anyone knows their history, they know 1968 was, if you thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> That's true. Well, 1968 yeah. was worse. Te terrible. Like there was a lot of social, political upheaval going on in this country and around the world. So maybe that was an analogy for that. When, when he, when she's, when the narrator said, as in all hatred should be wrong, but it's just such that nice moment you hear the choir singing. It just brings tears to your eyes. And yeah, so that really makes me tear up every time I watch it. Okay, guys, I know you're tired of hearing my voice. I just got three more things. I promise three more. I promise. All right, go for it, bud. Okay, now we get to the um, the sad cries. Um this is like one of the only movies I really cry during, and I think it's appropriate, and that is Schindler's List. I didn't even think of that. Well, two great minds think alike, huh? Schindler's List. And oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and, um, And here's the, the scene. Here's the scene for, well, there's a bunch of them because for those of you who don't know about this movie, it's, um, it's about Oscar Schindler who risked his life to save Jews during the Holocaust. It's a true story. And here are the big scenes that make me really tear up. One is the scene when the Nazis are liquidating the ghettos and sending them to the concentration camps. And there's this, and Oscar Schindler is looking upon everything and he's shocked at like, oh no, I see what's happening now. And and there's like some choir in the background singing while all the kids are being gathered up. And, you know, there is this, the girl in the red coat, which is a symbol of hope. But that hope is trash when Oscar Schindler sees that they killed all of them and that girl's body's amongst the dead bodies. When he's walking in town, he thinks it's snow, but it's actually the ashes of the deceased people when he just really realizes what this is about. 
and then he makes the list, the famous list. And and he makes the famous list and um, and then he saves them. And then there's the end when the war is over. And he said, yeah, I, I can only stay with you guys till midnight because the allies are going to come in and take me. And they make a list. Uh, they make the surviving members of Schindler's factory make him a ring. And it says in Hebrew, one man who saves one life saves the world entire. And they give him the ring and he's just shaking. I could have done more. I, I, could, I could have sold my coat. This could have been worth some money. Maybe this pin. I could have more and he's like you did enough you did enough and then he drives away and then they show the aftermath of everything and then there's the ending they show the act i think i talked about this before but they show the act they show the actual people who were on schindler's list mm-hmm. and they were right next to his to their um, to the actors who played them, and they're walking by Oscar Schindler's grave, and they're putting stones on it, because mm. in the Jewish faith, yeah. that is a, like how we put flowers on the graves of our loved ones. Yeah, that's that's like what they do. It's like a sign of respect. Yeah, of course, and. And of course, well, they had Oscar Schindler's wife because um, Oscar Schindler had passed away long before this movie was made. And there's this one, the last one, it's Liam Neeson, but they don't show his face. They just show his, they show the bottom half of his body. Yeah. Putting a rose on the grave. Wow. And, And then it shows on the screen, in memory of the six million Jews Adolf Hitler murdered. And and you just hear while this is going on that beautiful score by John Williams. That score, like when we did our top 10 film scores, I talked about it. I talked about it when we did our top 10 film scores. Um, it is just so beautiful. That score is absolutely beautiful. It's so somber. But it is so... It's gorgeous. That score is absolutely gorgeous. From one of the best of all time. I mean, he is John Williams is probably the best composer that's ever been. Um, in the modern yeah. film era, that is. And then it's just it's such a heavy film, and you know what? It it should be, and it's a very serious film. Of course. And it's a film that I think everyone needs to watch. It's a very uncomfortable film, but I think people need to watch it. I think people nowadays are probably can probably tolerate it, to be honest. And and, you know, and you want to hear something that really um, when Steven Spielberg won Best Director for this at the Oscars. His last remarks of his speech were. And also, this is for the six million people who couldn't watch this broadcast tonight. Thank you. 
meaning the, the six million Jews who died in the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And it's listen, it is a very it is a sad film, but it is a very, very important film. And I think everyone need if there are any teachers watching this, show this movie in your schools. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure some go it to them. I'm sure it's gonna make you feel uncomfortable, but you know what? Like when we talked last week when we talked about to kill a mockingbird, people need to feel uncomfortable. Of course. They need to. And so I do get teary-eyed when I watch this. Yeah. You have two more picks, right? I just want to make sure you're good, right? Yeah, two more picks. Okay. I'm, so, cool. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm almost done, I promise. No, no, because um, we're, we're going to go to the live chat in between our two lists. Just letting yeah, you know. okay. So my next one is, okay, and I actually just thought about this, and this is a scene from Les Miserables, the movie. Les Miserables. How do you spell it? L-E-S-M-I-S. Oh, oh I, I wasn't sure what you were talking about for a sec. Okay. There is a... Yeah, this one, right? Yeah, there is a yeah. scene. It's a musical. There is a scene when... Okay, I'm not going to explain the whole plot because it's based on a book that's literally longer than the Bible. No, it is literally longer than the Bible, folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there is a scene when, okay, Cosette, who is the basically adopted child of, Bel- of Jean Valjean, who, who, who he took in after, um, after, his, after her, her mother passed away. Okay, now you're all going to think it's going to be the I Dream to Dream sequence, and it's not going to be, but I will say that is a very powerful scene because in the play, it's sung after Fontaine loses her job before she becomes a prostitute. But in the film, it's sung after she becomes a prostitute. And I think that was done better because it really shows you how, how low he had to sink. You know what I mean? But... And um, but anyway, here's the scene I'm talking about when this guy named Marius, who is in love with Cosette, but Marius has a friend named Ebony who who um who has a thing for Marius, but doesn't he doesn't reciprocate, and he gets the she gets the letter from Cosette and hides it from him and. When they're at the barricade, when the revolution, not the French Revolution, but a French Revolution is happening. And, and Ebony gets shot. And Marius takes the torch. He goes, one more step and I'm going to blow this barricade. And they all go back. And then Mari, you know, excuse me, I just got to plug my laptop in. I'm sorry. And the, and, um, I gotta say, Bill is on point tonight. Let me just start off by saying that Bill is on point. He is doing such a fantastic job. I'm okay. just stalling him for a second. There we go. So, Lame as a Rob. Was that JT? No, I was just filling in for you. Lame as a Rob. Okay, so anyway, the scene is when is Marius goes over to, to check on Ebony and he gives her the letter from the second story. I was hiding this from you. And then Ebony is bleeding out, 
and they sing this beautiful song together called Little Fall of Rain. And the line is, it starts with, don't you fret, Mr. Marius, I won't feel any pain. A little fall mm -hmm. of rain can hardly hurt me now. And then the part of the song that really makes me tear up is, is shelter me. She goes, just hold me now and let it be. Shelter me, comfort me. And they start singing together going and the last part of the lot the song when he going when he goes i'm here and she goes that's all i need to know that you will keep me safe and you will keep me close and rain will make the flowers and, they go, and rain will make the flowers and then and then marius goes crow and ebony dies mm. It's just such a touching scene because even though they never really got together, you kind of, you don't take satisfaction in the fact that she died. But you take kind of satisfaction that she just wanted to have that last moment with him. And that yeah. even though she never really got with him, she died happy because he was there to comfort her in her dying moments. And I'm sorry I didn't pick the I'm sorry I didn't pick the um I didn't pick the I dream the dream sequence. Send your hate mail to my email. But <laughs> do people still send hate mail? Um I don't think so. You're fine. But yeah, that is a that is oh yeah, that's my favorite lame is okay. Okay, I got one more and it's the one big more. One. It's never the coming big to your one, live questions. Friends. It's one more that we're going to your left questions. Here we go. It's the big one. You ready for the big one? Talk to me, buddy. Mufasa's death in the Lion King. Interesting. You all know that was coming, folks. In the live action remake? No. I'm kidding, bud. I'm kidding. Uh, okay. Um, you all know I was going to put this on the list. The moment oh, yeah. is, you all know what happens. There's a stampede in the gorge. Simba's down there. Scar goes to get Simba. I mean, Scar goes to get Mufasa. And, and Mufasa tries to... Mufasa saves Simba. But then when he tries to get up, he looks to Scar and goes, Scar! Brother, help me. And he grabs him and he goes, Long live the king. And throws him off the cliff. And Mufasa's trampled to death. And I think the scene that really gets it when, when Simba sees Mufasa's body. And he goes, Dad? Dad? Dad, time to get up. Time to go home. I know you hate the Lion King, but that scene is. As much as I don't like it, that scene is very powerful. And and I think what's even is Simba's trying to curl up with Mufasa's body. And and I think it's even when um Scar basically blames him and says, 
He goes, I didn't mean it to happen. And goes, so Simba, nobody means for these things to happen, but the king is dead. And if it wasn't for you, he'd still be alive. And that's when he tells him, run away and never return. And, and then I think why that scene is so powerful because once you think about it, that was the first time we saw a Disney death on screen. I think so. Well, no. You know, for our grandparents' generation, it was Bambi's mom. Yeah, no, but that was that was that was way back then, yes. Because like, what do you see? You see faster Bambi, faster, faster, and then you hear the gunshot, and then you hear Bambi going, Mama. And then you see Bambi's father going, your mother can't be with you anymore. And, and did you see what the next scene is? Have you ever seen what the next scene of that is? Of what, Bambi? Yeah, after they tell him the mom died. It's birds singing and flowers, and it's all happy sunshine. I'm like, really? I don't, yeah, I don't go, remember that. If you don't believe me, go watch it. I believe um, you. I just, don't, I just don't remember that. But like here, they're like, okay, she's dead. Let's move on. But here, or like, you know, the movie Old Yeller, when the kid has to shoot his dog and they show him just giving him the gun and they just, they see him having the gun. You hear the gunshot, but you don't see anything here. You see Mufasa's body. You see that he's dead. Like this was a big thing for kids back then. Yeah, it was a big moment. Like, you know, because like when I was talking about Rugrats, a lot of the, you know, a lot of animated movies were very heavy, were very concerned about showing dead bodies on screen. Like, this was one of the first movies to do it. Yeah, it was. And it really was. It was really intense. And just the music score that, Thank you, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Thanks, Hans Zimmer. Thanks, <laughs> Hans Zimmer. No, <laughs> Thanks, no, no offense to Hans Zimmer. He, he is a fantastic composer. He's really good, yeah. And the film just really... The film... And it's just a really good moment that really... It's sad, but I liked it. I really awesome. do. Not that scene, but I love the movie. Sorry, but yeah. Oh, okay. That is my list, JT. I'm sorry it was so freaking long, but I had a lot of stuff to talk about. You're fine. I, and I've been I've been thinking a lot about stuff tonight as well. And I've added, I've had like two phones to my list, but I'll I'll, I'll go by time. Will we oh, swipe right? We'll see. Um, I want to jump over to our live chat. We have so many people in the live chat tonight. Thank you so much for watching and listening and being a part of our community here at the Superview Show. Because we are um, a community here. First things first, Hero of Time in the chat board said something a little while ago now. He said that I, we, we asked him if he's doing well. He's doing fine. He said a show or a, a moment that makes him cry a lot is, oh, uh, that's a couple that he listed. But one of the ones he listed was the Big Bird's passing on Sesame. Oh, no, sorry, no, no. Mr. Hooper's passing with Big Bird understanding that people pass on Sesame Street. Oh yes, yes. I thought Have you, you ever seen I, that? I don't. I, Hero of Time sent that in on the chat board. Thank you so much, Hero of Time. You're amazing. Have you ever seen that? 
I actually have not, but if you want to go really briefly on it, you can. Very briefly. What Just happened was is the real actor who played Mr. Cooper on Sesame Street passed away. So right. since the actor's dead, they have to kill him off too. That, that seems logical, doesn't it? So, But Big Bird's so lovable. <laughs> yeah. So Big Bird comes... So Big Bird comes and he has pictures from all the for all the people, and and then and he goes, oh, I made this of Mr. Hooper. Goes, I'll give it to him when he comes back. I'll give it to him. Goes, um, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper died. Remember? And then he goes, okay, I'll just give it to him when he comes back. Going, he's not coming back. Yeah. And they have and and they explain to Big Bird when people die, they don't come back. That was a big thing for kids back then. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it definitely. It, I I don't personally remember that, but I I do know what he's talking about. Um, as of Earth in the chat board, as of Earth, thank you so much for commenting. As always, for being a big part of our community here that we're building up over time here at the Superview Show, Interstellar. Now, I can't really comment on the film specifically, but there's a scene in the movie where uh, where, where Cooper is watching the messages halfway through the movie. He said it's. A, it's a, no, no, sorry, not, not the black hole. Uh, he said that it's a uh, he said that it's a scene where uh, you get like um, where he's I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really comment on Interstellar. Um, but I, he said that there's a scene where in Interstellar where Cooper is watching the message halfway through the film uh, coming through. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure. Hey, if it's a if, if, you've, if you've seen Interstellar, those who are listening and watching. I'm sure that scene probably gets him. Um, but if you've seen the movie, great, awesome, good for you. Uh, I just can't comment on it personally. Bill, have you seen Interstellar? I actually have not. Okay, then we cannot comment too much on that. Just want to let you guys know about that. But um, my father, of all people, is in the chat board. When Andy leaves for college in Toy Story 3. That's a, that, actually, that wasn't on my list, but that's actually a very good example, too that I want to bring up for some people right now, that Toy Story 3 passing of the torch, so to speak, from the toys from Andy's ownership at the very end. If you haven't seen Toy Story 3, what is wrong with your life? Get on it. It's, it's, probably, on the, it. it's probably the best Toy Story film. And the, the first one's probably the war. Like, literally, I kid you not, the, the Toy Story trilogy is a fantastic trilogy. I have not seen four, so I can't comment on it. But just know that I think the ending of Toy Story 3 was perfect. Because I think um, what it is is though is because this movie basically followed a lot of the kids who were Andy's age. Oh yeah, I thought they were good. They grew up in the '90s and then they got went to college. So and then that- and you know, and I think like that is I that scene when Aunt when Woody turns around and goes so long, partner. And you know what like really made me tear up? And this was a meme that was it was after the late great Stanley passed away. Oh God, what was it? I don't know if you saw this meme. It was. A parody of the Toy Story three scene. It had um, it had Stan Lee as Andy. Okay. And it had Kevin Feige as the little girl. Oh my god! <laughs> and he's like giving them all these, all the the toys as the characters from that's Marvel. Ridiculous. That's a very clever meme. I'll give you that. And and then he goes, and this is my most important one. And I want you to have, and I want you to take good care of him. And he's, of course, talking about Spider Man. <laughs> That's funny. And he's like, uh, and, and I want you to take care of this one. Will you take care of 
Kevin, take good care of him, okay? <laughs> That's a st- Dan, I'll take good care of him. It's it's kind of sad, but it's serious. It's cool. Um, uh, one more example that I want to bring up. I, I personally have not seen it, but I'll talk about it really briefly. Batman the Animated Series. There's an episode where of Hero Time Brothers, and I, I, I cannot comment. I've only seen like probably three episodes of the show. I know, shame on me. I haven't seen the show, but bear with me, YouTube and chat board. Uh, Batman the Animated Series made me cry in one episode. The Forgotten Bruce Wayne helps out in shelter and finds volunteers to help homeless people that are kidnapped by a crime boss. He lost his memory until he meets one of the prisoners. He talks about everything at, every, that everything will. As nights pass, Bruce has a lot of nightmares. When they're about to kill one of the prisoners, Bruce and Ben defend one of the prisoners and are thrown in a, in a box. Ben cries as he wa- wishes he could see his family again until Bruce realizes that, that he, he had family, which he lost. Bruce then escapes while Alfred r- rescues him to Leeds, Batman saving the day. I got to tell you, just by the sounds of that, that would probably make me cry, too, to be honest with you. That's, that's, just, that's just sounds... That's insane. That just sounds insane to me. Like the fact that they're the, 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 I mean, for animated shows, this was like one of the best in my opinion. I mean, I haven't seen, I'm what I've saw, but it was fantastic. Plug. We did a movie commentary of one of the Batman movies from that time period too. Just plug for you guys. Mask of the Phantasm. Um, yeah. Mask of the Phantasm. Exactly. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. And um, I, I don't specifically remember that. And this is from Hero of Time. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Hero of Time, I don't exactly remember watching that specific episode, but I do love that series. Oh, I love it too, even though I've only seen like three episodes. I don't know if you remember this one really quick, Hero of Time. It's the Two-Face. When we see the creation of Two-Face and Bruce is having nightmares about Harvey's accident and his parents are like, why didn't you do anything, son? And he wakes up in a cold sweat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then yeah, but good choice here our time. Yeah, well, just a couple quick side notes from the other the, the live chatters as well. Thank you so much, guys. Um, another show that brought me to tears was um, is a seventies Mexican show that I watch a lot called El Chavo del Ocho. It's the kid from Eight. Uh, it's about a homeless kid who lives in a barrel that causes mischief around the neighborhood. Lots of characters and memorable memorable are memorable because they're gags and how they're portrayed. One of the saddest episodes is that Chavo, I'm probably butchering his name, forgive me, everyone, wishes that he has toys but doesn't have anyone to talk about toys and he, that he wishes he had. He made his own toys out of scraps and then everyone in the neighborhood gave him toys. Another one, another episode is about a vacation to Acapula. I'm, I'm butchering that, I'm sorry. Uh, the ending was very sad because of how it ended and how everyone is spending together and he wishes he had a good night while Chavo is alone at the beach. Plus that episode was the last of the original cast. I've never even heard of that, but that just sounds very interesting. Thank you for your time for pointing that out. That's, um, that just sounds interesting. Uh, I'll have to go check out that, um, that show, um, El Chavo del Ocho, I think, as I say it. I'm not trying to say it, forgive me. I'm, I'm horrible with names, everyone. But um, yeah, that sounds very interesting. I mean, he just—he, I can see how that would get you emotionally, feel emotional about that. Um, one more thing before we run to my picks. Uh, As of Earth, jump back on the chat board. Thank you so much for jumping back in. Uh, Interstellar scene is basically him watching his kids grow up, but he hasn't aged because he's in space. Okay. Oh, that's that's actually that, that would be pretty sad because if if you're watching if you're in space, time doesn't really exist. So. You would you would watch your kids grow up without you growing up in a sense, which is very sad. Um, 
Oh, and Hero Times also says, uh, going back to Hero of Time, El Chavo del Ocho is a very funny. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I mean, Bill and I, we could check it out on our own time and whatnot. Um, and also on a side note, Steve from Blue School's the message really message recently. I have not heard of that. I mean, I'm a, that was one of my childhood shows to be to for to 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 death. And that that I remember really quick before going to my picks. I remember the day when I was really young. I want to say probably it was like 2004. I was watching Blue's Clues. Yes, I'm throwing, throwing it back a little bit here, folks. I remember watching Blue's Clues, and I remember the episode where Steve goes to college and Joe has to take over. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, good for you. That was, that, that, that's a bit emotional for me. and It makes me yeah. tear up a little bit. So that's a big one. Bill, what do you got? You know, I just got to say about, because I remember watching that, because I remember watching Blue's Clues in its prime. Yeah, 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 not the new relaunch of it, but that that actual. But I remember watching that. He goes, "Hi there, um, you remember me? You know, um, he he he's saying like, um, you know, I remember when we were kids and we played these games and we get excited over the mail. But yeah. look at you now. You've grown up. You've accomplished so much. You know, you went to school. You." got jobs you got married you started families and you know whatever you've done look at what you've accomplished i'm so proud of you and you know what it's that kind of hits home for me because 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 you know um i'm gonna be honest with you folks I haven't been in a great situation. I lost my job last year and it's been hard trying to find a new one, but you know what? Hearing that saying, I'm proud of you. And it's like, it's like you basically have that message. It's based you, cause you basically, and this is going to sound silly beyond belief. Yeah. You basically build a connection with these characters on TV. You really do. And it's basically like, that unconditional love that you get from your parents or your grandparents that's saying, you know, no matter what, we still love you. And, you know, you kind of get that from like, you could be like, you could be 36 years old, still living with your parents, but here and that you're still thinking, you know what, maybe I did do good. Maybe my situation is rough now, but I can get out of it. It gives you some hope. It gives you hope. And, you know, from the past year and a half that we've had with COVID yep. and everything, you need a little hope. Absolutely, bud. All right. Over to you, my friend. All right. I only I only have a total of about six films that I want to talk about, primarily the ending of the films, because for me personally, whenever I talk about movies that make me cry or make me feel emotional, it's typically the ending of the film because it's this giant buildup of stuff that leads me to the ending of the film. And I want to talk about a, a, a key films that either I saw in theaters or just over time or however I viewed them, they made me feel this way. So hear me out, everyone. My first pick is Star Wars. The first one. Because Star Wars, a new hope, or as I like to call it, Star Wars, Star Wars. Because it is the first film. And it, it, technically, it's the only standalone film in the franchise. Fight with me, argue with me, I get it. Um, the ending of this movie 
when I was really young, I mean, Star Wars is one of my favorite franchises and whatnot, but like the ending of the end scene where they're all getting their medals, they're all, there's no spoken words in this scene. It's just Luke, Han, Chewie, you know, Princess Leia, they're all getting their medals and whatnot. And like, they're all celebrating, hey, we defeated the Death Star. We took down Darth Vader, blah, 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 as far as I know. Um, but it, it, it's, it, it, there was some sort of magic in the film. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw an honorable mention in there in a second. But the, this, the ending of Star Wars A New Hope, uh, well, Star Wars, and the ending of Return of the Jedi especially made me cry. Because um, those two films are phenomenal. Uh, well, primarily the Star Wars A New Hope it, the ending of that is make me makes me feel like oh my god this feel accomplished I feel good about myself feeling successful these, these character you bond with the characters you love the characters and it just it makes you feel good inside about these uh, characters and the ending of this film made me cry when I was really when I was old enough to understand the characters and the story it made me cry and I'm not gonna just throw a new hope in there I'm gonna throw all three of the original trilogy films because the ending of all three because think about the end of empire strikes back i'm throwing this in there too the empire strikes back ends with the bad guys the good guys losing but that last scene we're on they're on the uh the spaceship and luke's getting his robotic hand that that one view of space is great it didn't make me cry it just made me feel very emotional the ending of return of the jedi is still one of my favorite endings to any trilogy ever now i'll get to another ending in a second but Hear me out. The ending of basically the endings of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi are three of my favorite. They make me cry. They, every time I watch them, I feel I see something differently in them. That's the beauty of art and film. I love the ending of these movies because they make me feel good about myself. And yeah, and I'm crying because it's such a beautiful ending to a, a story, to, a, to, to a, 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 a family line of the Skywalker family. So I think it's brilliant. That's me personally. So my number one pick, I'm just going to cluster them, cluster them together, is Star Wars. The ending, primarily the ending of all three films. But they're getting the medals. They're st- they're and in, uh, in the first one, in, in Empire Strikes Back, where they're having their 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 final scene on the they're voyaging home, and then they um, I haven't seen in a little while. Forgive me, but like the the ending sequence where they're on the spaceship and they're just looking at space and they're about to go fight the Death Star, the leading into Return of the Jedi brilliant the ending of return of the jedi where, where literally everyone thought that's this the last time we're going to see these films there's these characters in these films it made you until episode seven but seeing the, seeing the end of the seeing the end of each of these films made me tear up a little bit and i love them all to death however star wars a new hope is my favorite one just saying it's my favorite one it's my favorite star wars film out of all of them all right bill are you ready for my next pick i am ready for your next pick my friend so we kind of swiped right. You said Avengers Endgame. There's oh, yes, two Infinity scenes, War. There's two scenes in the Avengers film from 2012 that makes me cry to this day. Bill and I almost swiped right tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We almost did. It's okay. There's always next week, whatever. Um, hear me out. Hear me out. The ending of this movie, when the credits rolled, like, 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 no, excuse me, right before the credits roll of the film, before Thanos, like right before the color credits, what I like to call them, the ending sequences of 
you have to understand when I, I still can hear the audience clapping and screaming with joy after seeing the Avengers uh, in the in 2012 on May 4th. 2012. I will, and there's two scenes in the movie that I will never forget seeing on screen in the theaters. It's the first one is the, of course, the ending where like you know they're um, there's this Stark Tower and it's the A and I'm like oh my god they're doing this like it was great, but there's one scene that makes me cry whenever I watch it. It's the, when the shot where the camera pans around and it's, for those who are listening, you won't be able to see this, but basically if I'm going to describe it, it's where the Avengers assemble. And they're all in the streets of New York and they're about to go fight the alien race. It's just attacking the city. Yes. I'm sounding like a total sweat fest of a nerd here, but hear me out. Everyone, this scene right here makes me cry my eyes out. Cause you know why over the course of the film, you see these, these, these six characters like, Oh, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to be like, we're, we're six characters. You know, I'm a God, I'm a super soldier. I'm a, I'm a billionaire, whatever. Like hear me out. You see them all come together at the end of the towards the end, towards the final act of the film, and it is brilliant. When I see them, when I see them all kind of come together as one, it brings a tear to my eye. I love this scene so much. I actually will rewatch just this scene and still get teary eyed because it was one of my favorite moments. More than Avengers Endgame, more than Avengers Infinity War, Age of Ultron. Fantastic! I love this scene. It struck me at the right age, and I do love Avengers, the Avengers from 2012, a lot. It is one of it's one of my favorite movies in the whole wide world. Um, Bill, what just do you have any comments for the Avengers before I move on to my next pick? The, the, nah, the first I, Avengers film. I thought you were gonna talk about um the scene when Phil Coulson got killed. Oh well, I didn't cry at that scene. I, I was very yeah. emotional, but I didn't cry. I, I, I didn't, I didn't either. Yeah, so I thought you were I, gonna talk about Infinity War. With no, if anyone was stark, I, mean, I don't feel so good. Uh, that 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 was I didn't cry though. At that. I, I I gotta say I've I've saw all the Avengers films in theaters. I did not cry except for the first one, which was very surprising for some people. Um, all right, and now let me go to another franchise that I love, if you don't mind. Um, oh, really quick, here of time. Thank you for commenting. A scene that made me cry happily is everyone coming back in Endgame. Preach, buddy. Preach. Absolutely. Preach. All I gotta uh, say is um, bring me Thanos. Our fan hero of time, uh, Joe Wiley, Matt Hemsley. You guys might want to step your game up. I'm dead. All right. Anyway. No, we, we love you guys. We, we, Joe Wiley, Matt Hemsley, we love you guys. Yeah. But you better step your game up here. Here, I'm down to give you some competition. Yeah. So, anyways, but one of my favorite scenes. We all scenes. love you equally. Yes. We all love you equally, and we're glad you're here. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite scenes ever was the ending of the Avengers was just the A on the Stark Tower, signifying a new beginning of Marvel Films' direction. And the scene that I have pulled up here, for those of you who are listening, will be able to see it, but it's the Avengers Assemble scene. Tears to my eyes. Tears to my eyes. Yeah, because all right. at the end of Iron Man... When they showed um, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury saying, "Saying I'm assembling the team, you win." And at first, you know what he's talking about. Yeah, no. It's... And then, and then it was like those. Eh, maybe they will. Make, but then, when you see RDJ at the end of um, the Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk, that was basically the confirmation. Like, holy shit, they're doing it. 
They're doing it, baby. Like at the end of the at the end of Iron Man, they were kind of more teasing it. You know what I mean? Oh, they were teasing like, it. Oh, like, are we gonna do this? Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You gotta keep watching. Are you forgetting about the Iron Man post credit scene where Nick Fury shows up and says, "I'm here to talk about talk to you about the Avengers Initiative." Yes. Are you forgetting about that scene though? He's like, no. Oh, no, I, I thought crazy. you were. I thought you were. But like, no. But after. But, you know, that was sort of like teasing it. Like, are we going to do it? Or are we not? You got to keep watching. But I think when RGJ comes to talk to the Hulk, Bruce Banner, they're like, yeah, remember that thing we teased in the last movie? We're yeah. doing it. We are yeah. doing it. Oh, yeah. So I, one of my one of my favorite scenes that made me cry is the Avengers. There's two scenes that made me cry. Pivotal moments. All right. All right. Next. Next one is. We're gonna jump over to the the mystical side of stuff, the magical side of stuff, if you will. And I will never forget the ending of this movie, ever. I'm sitting in theaters in Florida, of all things, and I'm watching the end of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. The very end of the movie, the very, 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 very end of the movie. I can't stop thinking about it. Like it actually, like it makes me want to cry even more. Like this movie literally ended the franchise on such a perfect note if, if you i was big, i still am a big harry potter fan am i, am I a huge like diehard potter head no but am i a big fan of the franchise yes um this movie ended tied everything up left everything perfect and it was perfectly wrapped up. And the scene, this scene that I have pulled up here where they're on the, they're on the platform at Hogwarts, sending their kids off to school at Hogwarts, the next generation of wizards and witches and whatnot. And the last, when the music ties in, and I, I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it. Like, I might cry. And the part, the part where you know, you know you're going to say goodbye to these characters, it's, it's really something. And having this scene happen was very emotional for me personally. So what my one of my picks is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, the very end of the film, where <laughs> Harry, Ron, and Hermione basically say goodbye to their kids as they start their new adventures at Hogwarts as they're all grown up now. And they, and you see Draco Malfoy, and he's all like he's fine now, and he's friends with them and whatnot. And it's a beautiful ending, and I I love it. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite endings. Uh, one of my just the scene itself makes me cry to this day. If it's on TV, TBS, or whatever, I still could cry over it. So, anyways, um, another one. All right, my last like franchise film that made me cry again. Again, it's at the very end. There is no fourth or fifth movie at all. Hear me out, everyone. I have very strong feelings about this as a diehard fan. Like my favorite movie of all time is the first movie in this franchise. It's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The very last, the last scene where they're going riding off into the sun, into the sunset, is one of my one of the most emotional things I've ever seen in my life. As a sweaty, diehard like Indiana Jones freak of nature, Bill, I'm a freak of of Indy, but. The ending of this movie brings a tear to my eye saying, well, that's it. They're done. And then they, we got a horrible fourth film. But it doesn't exist in your world. Is that right? I, what are you talking about? What, there's a fourth film? 
What? Yes, no. it does. See, it does not exist in JT's world. I didn't know what you were talking about uh, at this point. But like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the final scene where they're riding off into the sunset. What a perfect send off for an incredible trilogy of films. Incredible films. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie in the world. Favorite film in the world. Perfect in my eyes. 10 out of 10. But this movie, made, this ending made me cry. Like, we named the dog Indiana. You were named after the dog Indiana. It's so brilliant. I love it to death. It's one of my favorite endings and one of my favorite scenes that makes me cry all the time. So Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, up there for me, obviously. And it makes me cry. Billy, ready for my next pick? I'm ready for your next pick, my friend. I'm surprised you didn't pick this one. Forrest, the ending of Forrest Gump. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't pick this. I'm really look. Cause hear me out for a sec, ladies and gents. Forrest Gump is one of these movies that like everyone has an opinion on, and it shouldn't have shouldn't have not won Best Picture. And I'm glad it did win Best Picture. That's another conversation for another time. But hear me out, ladies and gents. The very la- the fact that this movie starts off with him like a feather floating down from the sky, right? It like it starts off with it like a, a simply flying floating down and then it lands by his feet and then the movie ends with him still sitting down at a bench basically and the ending of the movie makes me cry it's got a lot of hysterical moments a lot of fun moments a lot of emotional moments but the the movie the movie that makes me the moment the the moment in this one that makes me truly cry is there's two that i think about one is bubba dying that's a big one. I remember watching it in like eighth grade and be like, I can't believe I'm crying. I cried it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the fearless host of the Super View Show, J-Man, was crying twice when he saw Forrest Gump in eighth grade. Yes, it happened. Uh, the Bubba Gump scene where he's like, he's on the, he's, he's talking to Bubba for the last time. That made me cry. And then the ending of the movie just made me cry. And it brought me to tears seeing Forrest just sit there with his son and his son's gonna go. I love you. I love you too, Dad. Like, is it so? It's so perfect. It's such a great ending to a great movie. You know, whatever. whatever. Some people still be with. Like, some people call it a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's a great movie. I know that all film is subjective, but this is a really great movie. If you've never seen Forrest Gump, get on it. <laughs> it's you really know, fun. You know what scene actually does? I'm gonna one up you here. The scene that really does make me kind of choke up when um when he's running what when Forrest is talking to Jenny for like the last time. Oh, so that too, yeah. You rather scared? And he's telling them about Vietnam and the shrimp boat. Ping pong. And then, um, and then, of course, that scene when he's talking to Jenny's grave saying, he died on a Saturday morning. And um, there is one scene that I really shouldn't be laughing, but there's yeah. that one scene when he goes, I had that house bulldozed to the ground. And it's actually, you actually see the house being bulldozed to the ground. That was pretty good. And then, and then he just goes on and talks about little Forrest is doing okay. And then when he turns away and he goes, I miss you. And he just breaks down in tears. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's got a lot of ups and downs. It's got so many ups and downs, but overall, it's a fantastic, it's an emotional movie. roller coaster. It really is. All right. I've got two more picks for films. And then I have 
uh, one t- one TV moment that really just stood out to me, and I have to mention it. So I want to talk about that at the end of our show tonight. The Shawshank Redemption. There's one scene where Andy Dufresne is he's an innocent man. He's put away for no the wrong reason. It's the scene where he is. He simply is. He's free. It's on the poster for those of you who remember this and whatnot. But he's like, it's the scene where he is like, a fr- he climbs through all of that crap and he just raises his arms after like being falsely accused for like years. He's like, I'm a free man. It made me tear up because you're watching a poor, uh, an innocent man be free because let's face it, if you've seen the Shawshank Redemption, good. If you haven't, get on it. But it's one of those movies you just have to see because it's about a, a man who's wrongfully accused of a murder that he didn't commit. He gets two life sentences and he gets beat up. He meets Morgan Freeman's character, Red. Brilliant. And it has one of my favorite movie quotes of all time. Get busy living. living or get busy dying. That's damn right. And well, fantastic movie. And you know what? And you, you know what really actually makes me tear up? What? Um, the exact ending when Morgan Freeman's character sees, goes to see that note, do you remember that town in Mexico? Oh yeah, the very, very, very end, yeah. And you see the two men just go and they just embrace each other because they're so happy to be reunited. And they get big hugs. That, yeah, that, that, that went, the ending of this movie too is very emotional too. Because the men, I think a lot of people get turned off from this movie when they hear it's a prison movie. And trust me, there's a lot of unpleasant scenes in this movie. Of course, it's rated R for a reason. But the prison is just the setting. Yeah, it really is just the setting, guys. The prison is just the setting. And the... And... And you know what? You know what scene I thought you were going to talk about? Which, you know, did you think? The scene when um, Brooks, the old man. Oh, when he hangs him. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, that was that was a mo. I, it didn't make me cry. It just made me like, oh, my God, I feel bad for him. But the, the one scene where he like where Andy, the character of Andy is um, uh, free. That's what made me cry personally, because you just see his struggles at the movie and then you see him free. It's a big thing for me. Yeah, because I with Brooks, I'm not talking about that specific scene of him often himself, but I'm talking about the scene when um his um when he has like that bird. bird. Oh yeah, in the cafeteria. Yeah, and he feeds him, and he goes, and he goes, thanks. And then when he finally lets the bird go, he goes, you know what? Only one of us are going to be free, and I think it's going to be you. And he lets the bird go. Mm. And then, like in the montage they show of that letter he got before he killed himself, like he says, "You know, I go feed the birds, and I maybe hope. I think the bird's name was Jake. I hope Jake maybe comes by and sees me." And yeah, yeah like that really. Yeah, and I hate to take over for a second. Um, but you know what's another like Stephen King movie? And my brother actually brought this up when I talked was talking to him at dinner. What? The Green Mile. I didn't even I didn't bring it up because I haven't seen it, but that's me. I only know 
it's about a prisoner who's wrongly accused again again and we'll make this really fast and because i have seen bits and pieces of it and it turns out the guy who is going who's going to the chair is actually a gentle giant and him and tom hanks sort of bond in a way because in the beginning tom hanks goes to him and says i forgot what the guy's name is you have been sentenced to die by a jury of your peers. Do you have any requests? Can you please leave the light on? And you see that this guy is just such a... And then there's the scene when... The scene when he's in the chair. And they're about... Because in the old days, they put bags over their heads. Right. Before they flip the switch. Yeah. Goes, no, no, I don't want to see darkness. Okay flip it and then he's executed and then I think like a sadder scene is Tom Hanks it shows because the whole movie is basically a flashback in the beginning of the scene you see Tom Hanks' character old and in a nursing home and he's telling the story and it goes to the story and then at the end you see him in the nursing home because at this point he's like over 100 years old he's outlived all his friends and relatives yeah and and he's basically feels guilty about what he about what happened with that inmate. Yeah, I can only give a very brief thing here, folks. I haven't seen it, but that was for my brother. He told he told me about it. He's saying you got to talk about the Green Mile, and I forgot about Shout it until I, until you brought up Stephen King. Shout out to my brother. Thank you, Danny. All right, we got one JT more. JT won't hit your car again, I promise. Ah, oh, God. I got one more movie that you might surprise you that's on my list, but I, it's honestly. You got a TV show, you said too, right? I got the the ending of the series finale of the show. I'll get to it in a second. But uh, the um, the other movie I wanted to touch on, the last movie I want to touch on is actually, Bill, this might surprise you. Okay, let's see it. Rocky Balboa. Oh, I actually just thought of that. How funny is that? Like, guess what that means? We swiped right? We swiped right! (laughs) Oh my god, we did it! (laughs) Swiped right! Let's go, we swiped right! So, for those of you who are wondering why I said Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, the, for those of you, this might seem like a weird choice for some people. Like, what made you like Rocky One is obviously an all time great classic movie of Hollywood history. Sly Stallone has never been any better than that. But he brought this character back in 2006. And I got to tell you, the ending of this movie, the ending of this movie, ladies and gentlemen, Rocky is officially done. And it leads into Creed, which is a great movie. But this. Because it's the spinoff of Apollo Creed song, whatever. But like this movie is the last time you see Rocky fight. And it's funny because it's based on it's kind of a throwback to the original one. It's like he's got little Marie in there. He's got all this other stuff. And this movie is a great send off for the character. If they if they didn't do Creed, I would have been satisfied with the ending of Rocky. And he look, he doesn't win. 
He has a split decision at the end of this fight. His final fight with Mason the Line Dixon. Great name for a character, just saying. But this movie was fantastic. And the ending of it where Rocky is walking off the walking off the, the ring. He is going back um to his his back to Philadelphia because the, the fight took place in Las Vegas. This I gotta tell you, the ending of this, I'm actually getting emotional talking about it. Like I, for some reason, I've always loved the Rocky franchise. Rocky five was terrible, but he he, he didn't direct it. That's probably why. Um but Rocky six. To be fair, there was studio interference on that case. Like, yeah, and whenever studios interferes, it can be good, but it could also be it was bad. Well, oh, because but, quick thing here at the end of Rocky five, Stallone I think wrote the script, and at the end, Rocky was actually supposed to die. Oh yeah, like know, Tommy Gunn was supposed to give one last big blow to the head, and. Tom and Rocky died in Adrian's arms, but the studio, like, and their infinite wisdom was like, no, 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 we can't do that. And they yeah, rewrote no. the script. Yeah. But I actually, fine. I actually don't think Rocky Five is that bad, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's not like the, it's, it's the lowest quality Rocky film, to be honest. And like, I think it's the worst in the series. It's like Godfather Three. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's um, like, it's not. Well, like compared to Godfather Three, like Godfather Three, it's like it's not bad. It's just not as good compared to the other two. While Rocky Five, I wouldn't even. I don't. I don't know if I want to say it's bad, but okay. You know what? Go back to Rocky Balboa, or this video will be longer than it already is. Basically, you're fine, but you're fine. Don't worry. Um, the beauty of our show is that we can go as long as we want. Um, <laughs> um, one more thing about Rocky Balboa, though. The ending of the film was emotional for me because it was like the I grew up watching the Rocky films. It was big, big influence on me as a person, like life quotes, whatever. It, it ain't about how hard you hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. It's the truth. So I think, for some reason, the ending of this movie made me cry, and I. It always stood out to me like it's just it, it wouldn't you really you wouldn't really think it would, but it honestly does because it's the last time you're gonna see him fight. And he, you know, it shows that he was such a champion and it corrected a lot of stuff too. Like it's corrected his like stats and whatnot of being a boxer. It was great, but not my it was just the ending of this film really made me really got to me because it was just it's a perfect send-off. It showed that because the whole premise of the movie was that the movie. The movie showed a uh, really quick premise on the, on the story on the movie. Uh, ESPN, like then versus now, got Rocky versus the current heavyweight champion of the world. And then they actually fought and then they had a split decision showing that Rocky could still do it. So that's a very, very brief condensed version of the story. Yeah. But it was honestly, I thought it was great. So I it's loved it. And, what's that, Bill? Because you know what I really loved about it, Bill? What do you love about it? Mason, the line Dixon, they actually make okay. A lot of people would say of all the Rocky antagonists, he's probably the most boring. But I kind of like that he did. They, they didn't make him like the cartoony type bad guy. Like no, he wasn't. He wasn't a mystery. Like Clubber Lang or Ivan Drago. They made yeah, him, yeah. They, and they didn't make him an asshole. No, they made him, which a lot of people would kind of find that boring. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, he seems like, you know, he's fighting Rocky, but he has a lot of respect for him. 
absolutely. And so. I kind of like that. A lot of people think that's a little boring, but, yeah. but and you know what? The end when Rocky goes to Adrian's grave, he goes, "Yo, Adrian, we did it." That that was, yeah. That's and, another. I was, I was crying through the whole ending. The last twenty minutes, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's done!" Like, you know, that was and me. then we see. But did you ever see the alternative ending? Yeah, I have. The one when um. Rocky actually wins. I yeah that yeah that because you know I think people thought it was too bittersweet and they wanted to maybe make an ending to give him like one more spin give him one more like ride off into the sunset and it's like and they're like reading the and you know the best thing is they got freaking Michael Buffer Michael Buffer for oh, this. Yeah. For those of you who don't know who Michael Buffer is, he's the one who goes, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they got freaking Michael Buffer. Um, yeah, better cameo than in Dumbo, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but anyway, um, I like that the um yeah, the alternate ending, though, I actually think, and they're going, the winner. And the undisputed heavyweight champion, Rocky Balboa! And he's, like, just sitting there shocked. But, yeah, why do you like the real ending better than the alternative ending? I, because Rocky, because I feel like if Rocky won, it wouldn't be as emotional. Because he it was a split decision between because, him and it. Because it wasn't about winning. It was just about showing he could do it. Exactly. Yeah, he forgot winning. He wasn't there to win. He was there to, you know. So that's me. Um, are you ready for my last pick? I'm ready for your last pick. Yeah, you're gonna think you might think I'm kind of crazy for this, but the more I watch it on Netflix now, the more I realize that when I get to this episode, I'm gonna actually cry. It's the series finale of Seinfeld. Not the actual court case series finale, but the clip show. Oh, that was the, the actual series finale, the clip show? No, no. Well, hear me out for a second. The Seinfeld, it's called the clip show. Basically, the Seinfeld series finale, they, they, before the story goes that before this episode where George, Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer go to jail. If you haven't seen the show, get on it. But it's hysterical. But the series finale, where they all go to jail, first off, the clip show one, so before they actually did the series finale where they end up in jail and whatnot, and they end up guilty of their crimes and they're going to go to jail for a year and whatnot, and then that's the end of the show. Um, They do a clip show, which is basically like, basically where, uh, the Green Day song "Good Riddance," "Time of Your Life" come plays in, um, and it's 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 a, it's a series of it's basically like a two part, an hour long montage of the entire show. Right, it's an entire show. Uh, this is it right here. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, when you if you watch the show and you watch the ending of the show, like the last four last four episodes, which is called the, the clip show, is part one and two, and the finale part one and two. Um, Seinfeld ended on such a really good note. It wasn't a great note. It was a good note, 
But the, the clip show is a series of the best of the show, like the best bits, because that show had a lot of great moments in it. And, it, and whenever the when the moment they show the green, the moment they show this, the part where the Seinfeld, the behind the scenes of like recording the show, why not like, a, like behind the scenes stuff about how they made it over the years. They all kind of tied it into one last little thing. And the song Green Day, Good Riddance Time of Your Life by Green Day is playing. And it, I'm getting, I'm about to cry thinking about it, to be honest with you, bro. Like that one song fit perfectly. I don't like saying that word often, but the perfectly, the perfect ending to a perfect show was that finale, that clip show. And then the finale hit and then the show ended. It was off the air. But it was kind of a perfect storm for everything, too, because when the Green Day released that song in 1997, the, the show ended in 98. So it was already in the air. It was on heavy rotation and, and radio play stations and whatnot. So here, when, when you see the last bit of the show um, called the clip show and the last part of the show where like they, they showed like the behind the scenes of how they made the show and all the Jerry Sample's writing and all the behind the scenes stuff, it makes me cry. It makes me cry watching it because it's such a brilliant show. It's a brilliant show and it's a brilliant ending to a timeless show. And I know I've I know that so many people are like, well, Friends is better. Shut up. Res- not even respectfully. Shut up. Seinfeld is one of the goats. The Friends goats. does not come close. Friend is. I'm telling you all right now. Friends doesn't come close to this. Oh, Friends is off Netflix. No one gave us a shit. So well, I remember me. when that happened, people were ready to riot. I know, like, oh my god, friends! Shut up, Seinfeld over friends every single day of every single day of the week, every month, every year. It's just the truth. It's the show that launched Friends, in a sense. Anyways, this show is a fantastic show, and the ending, the series finale ending part of it, is so emotional to me. It makes me cry. You're not talking about when they all go to jail. No, no, no. Aside from that part, like, and just a quick side note, the actual series finale, the last lines of the show, Bill, the last lines of the show, the last, 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 last words you hear from Jerry and George are, you know, I see that button is in the worst possible spot. George, like, you really think so? Yeah, yeah. Make or break the shirt. It's no man's land. You know where that's from? That conversation? Yeah. The pilot, the first lines out of Jerry and George's mouth is that of those lines. So it all comes full circle. If you watch the pilot where it says, yeah, that, that button's in the worst possible spot. And they have all these intense, random conversations over the course of the nine years it was on TV. And sure enough, the last thing that they came up with was the button. It's about life. That show is about life. I want to jump over to the chat board before we close off for the night, everyone. But Hero of Time, thank you so much for commenting and chatting with us over the course of tonight. You are awesome. Go Hero of Time. We know who you are, but good for you. Proud of you. A movie that makes me cry happily was um, the American, an American tale when Fievel reunites with his family that I have, I cannot comment. Bill, you got any comments for that? Um, I haven't seen that movie in years. Okay. All I know is there are no cats in America and the streets are made with cheese. 
I think that was like the first movie hero of time. Please correct me if I'm wrong. That yeah. was like the first movie that really launched Don Bluth after he um after he got with um after he got out of Disney. And uh-huh. but you know what's like the big thing that um that I'm surprised neither of us mentioned with Don Bluth? Land Before Time. Oh, that doesn't really make me cry. I just wonder why it's there. Oh, when Littlefoot's mom dies. Oh, that, that's a big thing, yeah. It's like for people like me, it's like for people like me, the big animated death in my, my generation was Mufasa's Death in the Lion King. Correct. But for like those who grew up in like the 70s and 80s, their big one was Littlefoot's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even not a Disney film, but yeah, yeah. I, I I have not I can't comment, so I, I can't I can't say anything. Um, anything else, Bill? I mean, Chatboard, if you have anything else, shoot it out to us really quick before we uh, call it off for the night. So, um, oh, there's one one more thing I want. Yeah, there's one more movie I want to touch on really quick, and then we'll call it a night. One of my favorite, you know, we talk about super movies, talk about Star Wars, Star Trek. When Harry met Sally, the ending of this movie, again, the ending of this movie, where it's New Year's Eve and Harry and Sally are finally realized that they're in love with each other. It's like, it's one of those emotional moments for me that actually gets me, even as a guy. Like if I'm on, if I'm having date night and I watch this, I might cry. Because it's such a great story. It's just a classic, timeless story of when Harry met Sally. You hear that, Miss Molly? Yes, Molly. And my mom and dad love this movie too. And they they, they introduced me to it. So that's there's something with that. So um, it's like it's like I, I hate you, Harry. And they realize they love each other. They find out that they were meant to be. And it's emotional because it's New Year's Eve. They, they they kiss on New Year's Eve and all this stuff. And it's a beautiful ending. To a fantastic movie. So, Bill, any other last minute thoughts on when Harry Met Sally or anything else? I've never seen Harry Met Sally, so I should. Go oh watch my it. god, you haven't seen when Harry Met Sally, Bill? I've not seen when Harry Met Sally. All right, it's a good date night movie. So if you if you, if you even if you don't have a date, it's a good movie. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Is there any other movie that I forgot? Um, Hero of Time is the champion of chat board tonight. I'm going to jump in. He he just brought up another one. Logan from 2017 with yes, good choice, my friend. Good hero of time on fire tonight, man. Good for you. Thank you so much. MVP. H-O-T. H-O-T. There you go. Logan. uh, Wiley Hemsley. You guys might want to step up your game a little bit. Um, Oh, yeah. No, no. Again, we love Joe Wiley. We love Matt Hemsley. As of the earth has jumped in a couple of times, he's a good guy. As um, as um, you're you're been on fire tonight. Yeah, the ending of Logan, I didn't even realize it. Good call. I didn't even think of this one. This this is an emotional movie from the get go because it was like the last Wolverine movie. Oh my god. Yeah, that was. I cried in the theater. I forgot about that. I actually cried in the theater watching this. Oh, you know what's another scene that made me tear up a little bit whilst we're on the topic of superhero movies? In Logan or no? Well, yes, Logan. That scene actually really made me tear up. Yeah, what is it? Um, what, um Gwen Stacy's death in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh my God, I forgot about that one. 
That was actually really like the movie was terrible, but that scene was in fan. That scene was fantastic. You know what I think the that scene on was probably the best part of the movie. Not that she died, but no, but that that, that showed so much emotion. Gwen. That was such a great scene. And when Peter's just going, Gwen, Gwen, he killed his girlfriend. And then you see Gwen Stacy's funeral, and then. I think what really hits more than the actual death was was you see for months on end, Peter is just standing at Gwen's grave. Yeah, that was... And, that, I, I didn't cry at that, but that was definitely very emotional to begin with, yeah. And I remember... Um, and this ending was actually made me... In the midst of sadness, the ending made me smile a little bit when... 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 Um, when Aunt May basically told Peter to listen, you can't sit here and mope and dope anymore. It's time to move on. And then there's that scene with the rhino and that little kid is standing right there. I know our dear friend Justin has a few things to say about that scene, but I'm Justin, sure shout out. We hope we can get you back here soon. Oh yeah. Hopefully and, so. And then he goes, Hey Spider-Man, I'll take it from here. Like that just really shows you how to just get up off on on the horse when you get knocked off. Of course. Yeah, but, That's how you do anyway, it. Anyway, that scene, and, and I know you're all like, wait a minute, it's a comic book movie. And I'm like, yeah, but that scene is very I thought of one. What? You might be surprised at this. The ending of the Dark Knight Rises. Oh my god, I was thinking the same thing. Guess what that means? We, we sleep right! <laughs> Woo-hoo! <laughs> that was a good ending. It's sad. Oh my god. Because you know what what the best part of that scene though was I love that quote when when Commissioner Gordon says, You gotta know who you are. Everyone has to know who the hero is. And then Batman goes, A hero could be anybody. It could be someone who did something as simple as put a coat on the bo- on a boy's shoulder and told him the world wasn't going to end. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne. And I think what we what I really liked about that scene is when they show Bruce Wayne's funeral and it's just Gordon, Alfred, Lucius Fox. Yeah. And John Blake, not Robin. Nope. And you know what? I think Jeremy Johns said it best. I think Look it was for Jeremy Johns. That they only had the people who, re- who knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yeah, that was actually a good element to the to this trilogy. Yeah. They, for that funeral, they only had the people who knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yeah. And. And he's re and Gordon's reading that excerpt from A Tale of Two Cities. And after he's done reading, Alfred is standing at the graves of Thomas and Martha Wayne and is going and is going, I'm sorry. I failed you both. I failed you both. But yeah, what did you find sad about that? And then I remember sitting in the theater making watching crying. 
watching him like fly the nuke out of out of Gotham. That's all. I was sad, man. He's like, he's gonna die. I remember no autopilot. What's that? But no autopilot. And yeah, then, yeah. But but you know what? There is. But here's what kind of makes up for the sadness when Lucius Fox goes. Please just tell me what I could have done. Actually, the autopilot was fixed months ago. But we'll check the bad who fixed it. Bruce Wayne. Because that's shown that he survived. Yeah. Okay, I got one more. And this is actually a recent movie. What is it? The end of No Time to Die. Bruh. <laughs> what? That was such a good ending, though. <laughs> it was emotional as hell, but yeah. I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. James Bond dies. Oh my God! Spoilers, Bill. Spoilers. Hey, we said spoil. We warned them. Too bad we don't have like a spoilers caption or whatever. You know, like spoilers, spoilers incoming. Yeah, but the ending was really good. It was. It was very well. I cried. I didn't get and cry, but I definitely got emotional seeing that he was. I know you were emo. I know you weren't crying. I was sitting right next to you. Of course, I forgot about that. <laughs> We saw it together, you, me, and Joe Wiley. Oh yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna tell you. I think once we see Spider-Man No Way Home, I think I might cry during that. Let's, let's be real. Oh, I think I might too. We'll see. We'll see. But that is a story for another time, right? So I want to thank all of you watching and listening and whatever to our wonderful show known as the Super Review Show. Thank you so much for watching. As always, I want to thank the good man Bill Murphy for joining me. As always, because always co-host. a pleasure, my good friend. Yeah, and Bill. And uh, I, I, you have a podcast. I do have a podcast, Sports Insanity oh, podcast at the Sports Insanity Network. Check us out. We are on all platforms. And don't forget to to watch me tomorrow. Watch tomorrow night on uh, or Thursday night gridiron. You can find him simply at. Movie Hawks Productions as well. And if you want to find out more, find it on our Instagram at Super at the Super Review Show on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. <laughs> and also one eight hundred. Got Bill. Got Bill. So we want to thank everyone for listening and watching. As always, you guys are outstanding. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Chatboard, for a great night. Thank you so much for everyone who's listening and watching. And uh, yeah, but from your mixed bag shows, keep it locked on the Super Review Show. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>